Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. I'm Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Together, we're the founders of Good Egg Investments and creators of the Real Estate Accelerator. We help real estate investors and syndicators build their brands, find the right investors for their deals, and scale their businesses so they can do more and bigger deals. We believe that everyone has the power to make an impact through raising capital and helping people achieve financial freedom through real estate. We invite you to join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can amplify our impact together. We know you're going to love this episode. And hey, be sure to stick around to the end of the show because we're going to reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing real estate podcasts on the planet. Ready? Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Syndication Spotlight, brought to you by our friends at Good Egg Investments. And of course, I am your host, Ryan Russell, and we have an amazing time together meeting entrepreneurs in this space, learning about the trials and tribulations that real estate brings upon all of us. And our next guest has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to real estate. And I'm so excited. Thank you so much, James, for agreeing to join us here in the spotlight. Yeah, thank you, Ryan. I feel pretty pumped being here too as well. <laughs> well, yeah. James, I ask all of the entrepreneurs that join us. The first question I have yes. to know, because myself, most people in our audience, we didn't wake up one day and say, yes. I want to be a real estate investor. It happened. Yes. Uh -huh. And so I'm curious, did you go to university? Did you wake up as an adult and say, this is where I want to spend my career? What was your introduction into real estate like? Yeah, most of us as children, when we when we uh, sit around with other friends, we 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 uh, have lofty aspirations. We want to be an astronaut. We want to be a racing car driver. Uh, we want to be a, a police officer. Something that either uh, points in the direction of doing good. Uh, something that uh, reflects uh, some type of a superhero. And somewhere along the way, we get derailed. In some, in, in many cases. Kids, when they sit around with each other, no one says that uh, it's my lifelong dream to work for the county welfare department or the uh, Department of Social Services, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, so uh, when I was young, uh, I think I fell into the category of millions of other uh, kids where we talked, but we really didn't know what, what uh, reality the world tastes like. So I was a bit of a late bloomer. I'm an avid podcast listener, and I often hear, times hear other entrepreneurs saying that they were born an entrepreneur, and I wasn't. I spent most of my adult formative years in the military, and I always wanted to be rich. I always wanted to be successful, but I didn't know how. And so I tried one thing, I tried another thing, and what I like to tell friends is that I failed in an upward direction. It's like, let's say that you and I, for example, are at the, are at the firing range, uh, and we are shooting at the 50-meter target. We miss it. We, we inadvertently hit the 300-meter target instead. So uh, we, I did things in life that over time, through a process of elimination, led me to real estate. Otherwise, my background, my initial background was military and retail. 
Amazing. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that with me. Oh, thank you. So when you made the decision that real estate was not just going to be a part of your life, it was going to be a part of your entire life, part of your career. How, what was that like? Was there an epiphany? Was it just like, did you know that this is where people need to kind of lean towards? Or what was that thought process like for you? If I can make a spiritual reference, I'd like to. Please. Right. Uh, pe- people oftentimes mistakenly allude to a uh, quote by the Buddha regarding uh, riches not being the ultimate reality, material wealth. What most people fail to realize is that it's merely the opening of a dialogue. And so for me, myself and my and my wife, when we got first got started, we really had nothing. We were saving money. And we tried what we thought best at the time. Uh, we got into retail. We owned a chain of of a franchises in Southern California. And then we got we started to dabble into real estate without really any kind of overall strategic plan. We basically listened to what other people told us. So we went we went in two directions. One of them was to start purchasing individual residential homes with the idea that we would populate them with tenants and then buy the next home. And this was before the great crash of 2007 and 2008. The other one, which was somewhat unorthodox, was we acquired um, flat land uh, with no structures on it. And interestingly enough, everyone told us that land with structure, because of the cash flow, would do us better. But but the exact opposite happened. Now, what what uh, what did, what happened very quickly is that I began to notice that the mathematics of the individual uh, purchase of homes, it, it, the mathematics, the numbers really didn't work out very well. At best, we were only breaking even with the promise that sometime in the future, the asset value would more than offset that. However, with each, which each which the, with the purpose of each home, we were leveraging more and more. Now, what happened was that, as we all know, and you, you, you appear to be a quite a bit younger than I am. So I felt uh, the crash of 2000, we felt the crash of 2007, 2008 uh, uh, very dearly. We lost a lot. That was our epiphany. And from that, uh, we, I basically came up with seven lessons learned. I like to call them my seven noble truths. Amazing. Was that, uh, and we had enough to build on. We had enough to build on after that. But what I learned from that was what I like to call my seven noble truths. Truths, in the it toward the path of wealth, I needed to have what I called number one a process of duplication, a simple, repeatable process that I could do again and again and again without too many moving parts. The second one was to learn how to be rich. And when I say learn how to be rich, I'm not talking about becoming wealthy in a financial sense but how to behave uh, as a wealthy person behaves. Uh, for example, uh, super confident uh, a, uh, with, 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 and at the same time pragmatic. A prince walks differently than other people. A leader walks into a room and without any announcement, you automatically know that this person is, is, is an important person. As well as the the acknowledgement of our own emotion that we're sentient beings, which allows us to connect to everyone else as well. The third lesson I picked up from that was don't be naive. 
I've been tricked by enough contractors to know that, especially when we had our, our chain of franchises in Southern California. There's always someone out there who's willing to eat your lunch. Uh, the fourth lesson was the that it's if we wanted to progress forward, we had to learn certain business skill sets, not necessarily become masters at them. But we're speaking of, for example, sales, negotiation, some elementary accounting, knowledge of taxes, uh, to become a master communicator. Very, very important. Fifth was to understand the, our risk and to be able to quantify it and see, is this a risk that I'm really willing to undertake? And we didn't do that when we were buying the individual homes. And then lastly, is that piles are good, but streams are much better. I've never, I've, I've uh, spoken with many financial advisors and they've always advocated what I call a theory of piles. In other words, you spend most of your adult life building up this mountain of wealth, pinching pennies so that sometime in the future, you might be able to proffer from that and enjoy your life. The, uh, I, pr I much prefer to focus on uh, income streams and real estate allowed us to do that. Yeah. Amazing. And so when yeah. you think of the income streams in real estate, there's obviously yes. a lot. Yes. What are your personal favorite? Because our audience, it's across the board. There are individuals that love the really big, expensive units of commercial real estate. And we have mm -hmm. others that love the management of a single family home and a, a tenant, you know, a single mm -hmm. family, and they're invested in that family. And so I'm curious, you know, what are the streams that you've identified that are best for your investing style? Yes, the latter part of your question is uh, is very apropos because it's individualized to the uh, to the person, what we feel comfortable with. Now, when we owned uh, our our uh, retail chains called Color Me Mine. It's a, it was a chain of ceramic stores. You, If you have kids, you may have either taken your children there or at least are familiar with it. One day I stepped outside of the store and I thought to myself, okay, we own the business, but we don't own the building. How much How much more comfortable and more much, much more peace of mind would I had if I owned the building? And then I took another step back in the backward in the parking lot. And I thought to myself, how much nicer would it have been had I not only owned a building, but had I owned shares in real estate, in, in passive real estate, which is reflective of this? So our, my next thought process in, in, in investing was we need to get into multifamily, but then the crash happened. So as a consequence of the crash, we ended up, in a way, it turned out for the best, skipping a generation of technology, so to speak, and moving directly from the individual uh, tenanted houses past, uh, past um, uh, multifamily to passive real estate. So we initially funded that with the, flat, the vacant land that I bought, that I purchased, and we had all, already paid off. I come from the old school, probably like your parents, that we tried to pay off our debt as quickly as possible. So that was free and clear. So I immediately started investing. Uh, we immediately started investing in in um, passive passive uh, income, passive real estate income, primarily uh, necessity retail, which is very which is very recession resistant. Uh, necessity retail, for example, like uh, medical, uh, auto track, Walgreens, CVS, etc. 
Definitely. And once you pass that threshold of becoming an accredited investor, all of a sudden the packages of, of investments that are available to you get a lot nicer, more secure and better returns. And then we discovered tax liens and tax deeds. And that's where our main focus is right now. Now, the, the true beauty of that is I'll, I'll, I like to speak in terms of uh, stories. So let's put it in, let's put it in terms of a story. Please. Jim owns a home that he did not pay tax on. And so we have not reached the stage yet where the county has decided to auction off Jim's home. So Rye goes to the tax registrar section of the county website and says, hey, I'd like to make some money, but I don't want to acquire land just yet. I am going to purchase Jim's debt, current property tax debt that he's not paid, and I will get a return on that. Now, the return is, is variant per state. In Florida, where I live currently, it's 18%. Now, they're, they're, you, I'm sure you can show me in a uh, because of your your knowledge in in investments in the real estate field, you can probably show me an investment that would pay on par with eighteen percent, but it's tough, and most people can't. So, to, if you were to purchase a tax lien, which we do, you are actually purchasing my debt, and upon liquidation of that debt, either by myself or through the eventual sale, forced sale or voluntary sale of my home, I pay that off. And you get not only your the, the amount that you initially invested in, but 18%. Now, if that happens in less than one year, it'll be a fraction divided by the number of months. So it'll be a little bit less than 18%. But the longer that goes on, actually, the better you will be off as an investor. That's a tax lien. And typically, we time those purchase of our tax liens for on the month of May, just after tax season, when the tax liens are fresh. And then we have tax deeds, which is where my heart lies. A tax deed is this. Let's say that Jim did not pay off his home. And again, it, it, depend, it varies state per state. Jim did not pay off his home, but the theory is this. Now, Rye decides to purchase a tax deed. There's basically two ways to do this. You could either participate in an auction and compete against others. That's not what I do. I don't like to, that's just not me. I don't want to be in an auction and I don't want to be involved in a bidding war. Sure. What we do with Triad Corporation is that we wait for the smoke to clear and whatever is left is called over the counter. And then we go to the, to the website of the county, the tax registrar's portion of the website, and then we see what's left. Uh, very similar to the movie War Games, if you've ever seen that with the two kids who per were doing something similar, but with weapons. Well, we're not we're not on, right. we're not we're not arms dealers. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's but the but the theory is very much the same. Definitely. So you're we we are able to pick up at far below market value. Uh, what we look for is primarily uh, open, vacant residential properties that we can turn over quickly. In areas that are highly that are on the rise, I'm not trying to guess where the next um, where the next um, success story is going to be. I look at what's happening. We look at what's happening right now, okay. Right. And so we we can buy these at scale, and when we purchase these at scale, then we contact a real estate agent 
in that state, we have to, we have to be comfortable in, 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 uh, with investing in areas outside of our own domicile. So we, con- we contact a real estate agent in that state. Typically, I'd like to have a real estate agent representing us in the entire state, but it really doesn't usually doesn't work out that way because we're dealing with an individual who knows their locale very, very well. And then yeah. thus becomes our trusted advisor. And then we basically broker an agreement instead of saying, well, look, you have your standard commission that you charge people for purchasing or selling homes. We are going to provide you with volume, cut us a deal. And they always do. They always do. Typically it's a, a fixed dollar amount per lot. And if the dollar value of the lot goes beyond a certain amount, then they it goes up a little bit. And then also in so doing, we're able to cut a similar volume discount with a title company. And so up to now, it's proven very successful. Now, you and I have heard uh, uh, in many different venues, whether they be podcasts, business meetings, or simple conversations, when is a good time to buy? Well, when you're buying below market, it's always a good time to buy. So just as an example, uh, we have been picking up just recently open lots in developing areas of Arkansas at anywhere from $300 to $500 because we are presenting an offer to the county. And and, and most of the time, they accept it. And we can turn around and sell it at $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, sometimes more. So the returns are very good. Uh, So what we are foregoing is my original vision of the multifamily where we have a rent coming in all the time to a, an idea of, of uh, volume where we have lots of land and we are constantly churning. We're, well, churning is not the right word in the financial industry. We're constantly buying and selling. Now, what we do with this, as the money comes, starts coming back, and this is where things slow down a little bit. If I, if I were to take that as my sole source of income, well, then I would go out and buy my Lambo, right? Right. But in, instead, what, I, what we do is we'll take the vast majority of that, we'll sink it into passive investments. So if we make 500000 in a year, let's say, I'm not pocketing 500000 That's going into the passive investments, which are slower and will provide us an income stream in, into perpetuity. But at least I have the security and the peace of mind that when the angel of death comes for me, my family will be well off. And that's the ultimate goal. You're not looking for a get rich quick plan. Yes. Well, let me rephrase this. There might be a lot of us listening right now and tuned in that are looking for a get rich quick plan. Yes. I don't know it. James, do you know it? I don't know of it either. Unless, (laughs) Unless you and I take a trip to Las Vegas and we get lucky. But totally. with, with, with with the kind of luck I have when it comes to gambling, I'll probably, you know, there's in Las Vegas, there's slot, slot machines everywhere. I'll probably end up going to the supermarket and buying a gallon of milk for $450. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, Chase, yeah. this is so powerful. I really appreciate it because there's just so many of us and we're all looking for what is 
our comfort level? What is our niche in all of this? And so it's amazing to be able to share so many unique entrepreneurs in perspectives. And I really appreciate the way that that you shared that with us, because I think we can all understand how that process, how that journey was a process. And that was really great. So James, for those of us that need to stay connected to you, and we want to follow you further, what is the best way for us to do that? Currently, LinkedIn is the best venue, and I'm not one of these individuals that I'll invite you to connect me with, with me on LinkedIn, and then when you try to connect, you have to have my uh, my email. No, anyone can connect with me. Uh, on LinkedIn, recently, I put out uh, proposals for bids uh, for web design, so we're shortly, we'll have a, um, a, uh, a website that will showcase all of our properties and along with points of contact for the purchases per state. So that'll be coming very shortly. I'm just taking my sweet time working on that one. As you should. Uh-huh. I love that. Well, James, yeah. thank you so much for joining oh, thank us you. today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And of course, we're so grateful to all of you for tuning in and joining us here on Real Estate Syndication Spotlight by Good Egg Investments. I hope to see you in the next show. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight. If you are a real estate investor or syndicator who would like to be on this podcast, please visit syndicationspotlight.com. And please also join the Real Estate Syndication Spotlight Facebook group so we can connect with you and learn more about you. And if you got something out of this episode, we'd love it if you could subscribe to this show and give us a rating and review. We promise to read your feedback and take action to continue to make this show even better and more valuable for the real estate syndication community. My name is Annie Dickerson. And I'm Julie Lamb. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the real estate syndication spotlight community.